Welcome to episode 132 of the Inside Bite. I'm your host, Tim Schaefer. I'm here with my co-host, Rudy. How you doing this week? Hey, I'm doing great. Uh, everything cool, man. Everything good. Just uh, last week was a crazy week for snow. Like we had, I think I worked one day last week. It was awesome. A lot of snow and two-hour delays and, and closings and stuff. So, yeah, back on the grind this week. So, in a week, maybe a week and a half, there's three different things going on of three groups, like setting up certain dates for interviews. One, it's with a group that sent me their album. They're releasing it March 1st. As long as we have the interview out like a few days prior to the launch to sort of build a pipe for it. And then they went ahead and sent me the tracks for the album because that way we could sort of like know what, what they're about, review it up on Scene Pensacola. And I've listened to the first five tracks so far. It's a mix between like Offspring, Zebrahead, Trust Company, if you know who they are, um, somewhere up in that vein. But I'm actually genuinely liking it. I'm trying to promote artists regardless if I like it or not. It could be country artists right. for all I care, right? The point right. is, is just to find artists trying to get bigger and us promoting them. I was surprised going through this track. So I'm like, oh, this is like right up my alley of what I would listen to anyway. So I'm super digging it so far. It almost makes it worse in a way because now I'm even more like, damn, I actually really like this. And now I'm a little <laughs> like, I don't want to say nervous because I'm not nervous, but let's say like, um, I just want it to go really well now because I actually care. <laughs> and then I got uh, two other groups um, agreeing. I just have to figure out dates with them. But okay. there's this venue called the Handlebar that's super close to my studio. And the whole deal is they could easily just kind of walk around the corner come up in there, do like a 30 minute record session, sort of leave, go back to their show, whether before or after. And a dude that I work with the team Pensacola is like the camera guy for up in there. And now I'm the video dude up in the area. I've been noticing I've covered six events at this point this week. I have Thursday, Friday and Saturday night recording certain events. So I'm getting a lot of work coming in. I'm getting a lot of coverage. If you go on scene Pensacola's YouTube, so you see like I'm sticking with black and white and then I was asking them, Hey, what do you think about orange? And they're like, yeah, cool. So I'm integrating orange into the color scheme uh, as okay. well, but that's cool. I started with them about a month and a half ago and I got about eight things up now. And okay. I have two videos that I have to edit still. I just posted my latest one two days ago that took me about eight hours to edit. And then I got those three events. So it's about to be about five things that I have to go through on editing. But I could push it out a lot quicker. But right. the more I'm doing it, the more I'm like starting to really care <laughs> about these artists and really right. like it. Make it nice. and, yeah. and I want to make it as nice as possible because... Um, so the last one I just put up, for example, two days ago, both After Dusk, which is probably the biggest of the three in terms of their listener count, um, right. reached back out and was like, super appreciate it. Thanks, all that. And then the venues are sharing my videos. When I'm going to shows now, people are already starting to recognize me and I'm only like a little over a month in. And uh, starting sweet. to like come up to me and ask me questions, tell me they like what I'm doing, all of that. So it's it's catching on real fast. 
I think it's just because up to this point, there is one guy, um, Jaundice 850, that I think is pretty good. But outside of him, there's not really anyone in the area going to all these events and doing uh, coverage. And Jaundice really only stays at one location where I'm hopping around to a bunch of different ones. And I was a little worried about like, well, you know, I don't want to be doing the same thing he's doing, but whenever you watch his videos compared to mine, they're so very different in what their like scope is and what our ideas are and how we want it done. You can actually really like what he does. And I met him in person the last show I went to and greeted him and all that, tell him I really like, like what he does and all that. It's been really fun being really big in, in this music scene um, sure. that's blowing up a lot. And there's... I mean, if there's not a show every night, it's every other night. And I'm not exaggerating. Uh, if you go like seeingpetscalls.com's like calendar, you'll see there's probably four events a sing in a single day. And there's so much to, to pick from. I'm having a hard time choosing what I want to go to and what I don't. And I gotcha. Uh, so I've been really, really busy with that. But I just wanted to talk about that for a moment because it's 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 been really cool. Really no, that sounds like a cool venture to get into, especially if you enjoy it. You know, it's not just uh doesn't feel like you're just doing the job or something, you know? Yes, yes, yes. More than that, so yeah. that's cool. There's a, there's a lot of passion there, but it is hard. It's really it's yeah, it's, sure. It's taking up a lot of my time. I'm up till like, you know, midnight one, two AM working on stuff. And it's like, well, if I'm not and I only put in a few hours, like it's gonna take me like four weeks just to finish a single video. And it's like I'm really struggling to uh keep everything going and i'm sure at some point hopefully once we get enough traction and i can get like a person to just sort of help me edit that'd be a huge huge help here but i've kind of always wanted that anyway even with our stuff here with the inside buy is like it's so much workload and i really wish um in terms of like somebody i need to be able to find somebody who can just edit audio and video or especially yep. video so they can throw it up and make the TikToks and all that because I've mentioned on the show before like I did TikTok for about a month and a half and pretty regularly and I was getting a lot of views and stuff but it was so time consuming I just had to like put it on the back burner because I couldn't keep up with it and so yeah anyway yeah that, that's what's up man that's that's yeah. cool I like that that's uh it will only make you get better at you know everything we're doing anyway you know so very cool all right xbox showcase happened here and xbox developer direct is what they're calling it and this is now the third one and i think they've been doing a great job and this continues to show like man they really have something going here i really like the format i really like um the approach they take because it is unique enough to where they're actually having they're going to the studios of these places that are making the games. They're actually having the people making the games talk about them while they're showcasing the games. Um, it feels really intimate. Plus, it doesn't, it's not, whenever they show footage though, it still is presented very professionally. So you just get a mix of both of like, here's, here's a lot of gameplay. Here's maybe a cool trailer put together. Plus, here's them talking about the game and how it functions and all that. And so um, right. I think it's a really great format. Yeah, no, I agree. <clears throat> From what I saw, I just love this whole attitude that they have lately of kind of embracing the little updates here and there, you know, instead of just, I don't know. It's so boring to see like a press release or 
a random trailer. I kind of like these little events that you can look forward to, especially now that we don't have like E3, you know, things like this are cool um, yes. to look forward to and be excited about, you know? So, and uh, I'm sure we'll talk about it, but yeah, some of that stuff was really cool to see. So it got me excited for some of the things coming up. So, yeah. Um, we don't know much of what Nintendo's doing in 2024, mm -hmm. probably because the Switch 2. And then on PlayStation side, we don't really have much either. We I know we have PlayStation, we got Helldivers 2, um, and we have Rise of the Ronin. And I think those are only two I can think of that we know, like, in terms of PlayStation Studios, like first-party stuff. You know, we know some third-party things. But even third-party seeming a little lacking from both Nintendo and PlayStation um, sure. in terms of what we know is coming here. Um, well, I guess third party, they're all like, we're as a whole of this year, we're really unsure how this year is going to play out because again, we usually get that E3 the summer before mapping out the next year or two. And now that we don't have that, it's, it's a really weird time. So we, we got this video to showcase what Xbox first parties bring into the table, but even third party, right. we still don't really know. Just have no idea. But I, even it, first party it, with the other two, it's super shallow. <laughs> It's so funny thinking of like 2023. I remember when we were first starting it, it almost felt like, damn, what's coming out? I don't know. And then look <laughs> how it ended up, you know? So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm point. curious to see, to see like at what point in the year are we going to be like, wow, you know, it's some good, no matter what we know, no matter what, it'll be a good year. I don't remember a year that hasn't been at least a good year, you know? Last year was an amazing year, obviously, but. I wonder at what point in the year we're going to be like, okay, now this is starting to get good. We have dates for big games and we have a few big games out, you know, and so on and so forth. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that, you know. Between so. what we're going to talk about with the Xbox and then Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, technically, I'm good. <laughs> I'm happy. I, I'm, I'm seriously like Rebirth is right around the corner. You're talking a week or I two. I can't away. wait. I so, can't wait, man. I'm yeah, excited. Yeah, um, yeah. I have a friend at work who, who bought a PS, like he's, He's not like a normal gamer. He doesn't play games normally, right? But every so often a game will come out. He'll be like, oh, I want to play that. So he bought a PS4 for Final Fantasy VII Remake. He played okay. it. He beat it. He like really enjoyed it. You know, He did like hard mode. He like got really into it. And then he saw that the DLC was only on PS5. He's like, okay, that's okay. He's like, it's just DLC. And then he sees that the next one only on PS5. He's like, damn. Yeah. Like, oh, well, I guess I'm yeah. just going to wait now. So... Which, you know, I'm personally happy about because now we can really oh, yeah. take advantage of the system. I want, I want to really that. take advantage yeah. of it. Yep, yep, agreed. Um, so, yeah, yeah, okay. looking forward to it, man. Let's get into this Xbox Developer Direct. So, we're just going to go in order of what they showcased here. Avalved was first. It is launching fall of this year. Xbox Series X and S, PC, and Cloud joining Game Pass on day one. Avowed game director Carrie Patel gave us a first deep dive into the gameplay and Obsidian's upcoming fantasy action RPG from its dynamic combat to its thoughtful re <laughs> reactivity to its colorful, go. vibrant, strange <laughs> world set in the living lands. Avowed continues <laughs> Obsidian's signature style of creating games with deep themes and player choice at the forefront. Not only will you take narrative decisions that can impact changes in the game down to the line, but Avalve is also looking to offer choice in combat. Gameplay director Gabe Paramo 
discuss not only how varied your weaponry will be with melee weapons, ranged guns and bows, and magic-based wands, even dual-wielding wands, to name a few, but how flexible combat can be, allowing you to quickly change loadouts for enemy encounters. Swappable loadouts mean you can approach combat however feels right to you. Art director Matt Hansen then explained how the living lands in the mysterious island made up of wildly varied regions, offering visually diverse backdrops and intriguing settings to explore. With secrets hidden throughout the regions, you'll take in barren deserts, barren forests, blighted wastes, volcanic biomes, and more. That's not all for Avowed, however. Make sure to tune in to Xbox Podcasts on Monday, January 22nd for an exclusive interview with some of Obsidian's developers offering even more information on the gameplay reveal, which I need to watch. It's out now. Mm-hmm. Get ready for, to carve your own path through Avowed when it launches this fall for Xbox Series X and S, PC and Cloud, and arrives Xbox Game Pass and PC Game Pass on day one. For more information, please visit the Avowed website. Now, I must clarify, all of what we're going to be reading here is pulled directly from Xbox Wire, which is first-party way of their sort of blog. So it's going to award it in a way. Um, it's going directly from the source there. Now, um, of what I saw from Avowed, I'm... I'm a little confused on the reception because I think it looks great. Um, I think it looks very Outer Worlds, right? It's like in that style. I'm, I don't know. I'm a little confused on, uh, I'm seeing some people say it doesn't look very good. I'm seeing some people say like, like maybe the combat doesn't look good, but um, maybe they're, maybe they could have showed um later on content of showing maybe fighting like bigger bosses or something like that instead of just generic enemies but i think they were trying to showcase how the combat worked in general not really like trying to showcase like bigger enemies they were just trying to be like hey here's how these weapons work here's how the bow works here's how the dual wands work here's how you can swap between different things and it just happens to be a generic enemy that they're fighting i don't think they were necessarily trying to showcase um all the various monsters you may be fighting which you know like maybe maybe that's a fault of their of their showcase but i get what they were trying to do there yeah Um, yeah i i i agree with you but i almost think also they have to almost think of okay well how are people going to react to this i feel like these people are smart enough to know like how are they gonna react again myself i'm fine with it but i know the mass you know, there's tons of people who are going to be like, well, why didn't we see this? Why? Remember when Zelda didn't want to show too much? Yeah. People had all these complaints, you know, so it is what it is. The game will will come out and speak for itself anyway, you know, so. Now, the bit where they're talking with the guy and they're showing all the different, like, options of, like, dialogue choice, that looks super basic. I don't even know why they would even show that part. So I could get the criticism there. Um, but I don't know. I, I think it looks super good to me i mean i this this basically it looks a lot like skyrim in terms of it being a medieval rpg and the way it handles like combat of like two weapons and all that but you can clearly tell the combat's greatly improved from way back on skyrim but in terms of its themes and stuff it, i could see it's in the realm of that but this 
isn't going to be an open world RPG. Um, it's hub based. So right. it's again, it's more like Outer Worlds if you ever played mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And yep. um, which I did and I really liked. And so expect a medieval RPG and in this sort of like um groundwork of an outer worlds. And if you can understand that, then I think that's that's what you're gonna get out of this game is like Really like you know, um, Obsidian's really good about like its witty writing and funny characters and really having you like intrigued in its story and all that. Like um, with from you know uh, when you played Fallout Three and when you play Fallout Four, but when you play Fallout New Vegas, it feels so entirely different and it's yeah. like tone and almost sarcasm and all that because that was Obsidian compared to Bethesda sure. in general. So like. Obsidian always has that sort of like tongue in cheek bit, even when it came to, I guess, the more serious of the game you recently played. What is it called? Oh, um, Pentiment. Yeah, there's still yeah. a lot of even there tongue in yeah. cheekness going on. They really, yeah. Honestly, I, I was just if you didn't say that, I was going to mention it right there. That even in such a game that literally is what in like the 14th century, very serious game, religious, you know, tones. Yeah, they still find ways to squeeze in some some humor in there and like you know even things that are not supposed to be funny but they're just funny because of the situation or whatever but exactly yeah. no i'm, yeah, I'm yeah. excited I, I i haven't played a lot of obsidian's games uh but after i played pentiment i was like i know this is not supposed to be the game that pulls you into their their developer studio right. but that, that was how it worked for me so now <laughs> i'm like i'm definitely playing their next game so yeah I think it looks great though. I'm I'm super high on it. Um, comes out this yeah. year. I couldn't be any happier. So um, yeah, yeah, that no, looks cool. I'm really I'm pleased with that. Looking forward to it. Uh, the next right. one here. What did you think of Hellblade Two? So Hellblade Two. So I I should say again, I wasn't a huge fan of the first one. I thought it had some cool ideas. I liked some things about it, but I didn't love it. Like I wasn't like. Some other people are, you know, like obsessed with it or anything. I, I didn't love it either. I liked it, but yeah, it wasn't like a big thing. I had for some me. problems with it. Like, I thought, so when I first saw the game coming out, I thought, oh, combat's going to be cool, whatever. The combat was very weak. It was like barely anything in the game, right? And then, on, so, okay, so forget the combat. The, the you know, the puzzles and exploration, which I really didn't like the puzzles in this game either. They were just frustrating and not even fun. So, that's what I personally didn't like about the first one. The story was really cool. You know, the way they did the sounds and everything. That was all great. Anyway, that being said, this next one, the little bit I had seen up until recently, I was like, okay, this looks interesting. I don't really know what to think because I haven't seen, like, just the normal gameplay section yet. Then I saw that most recent video. I was like, okay, this looks like more of the same, except it looks better, right? Like, bigger budget. Yeah. The graphics look better. Um, I was a little surprised to hear that the game has been in development for so long and it's pretty much just just about the same length as the first one. Yes, it's I, only going to be like 7 or 8 hours. And yeah, and this is and a big not, point of discussion. Right, I'm not even like a you know, oh my god, this game needs to be this long. I'm not like that. You know, I have no problem. I mean, look at Cocoon, right? We played that for 4 yeah. hours. It's one of our favorite games of last year. Uh Inside is one of my favorite games ever, right? So that's not even my problem. My I guess my issue, it's not even an issue, but the thing that makes me scratch my head kind of is like this game's been developments for so long. And I just thought, you know, like look at, oh, perfect example. Look at Plague Tale, right? Remember the first Plague Tale to the second one? 
way bigger budget, like Blockbuster. It was longer, it had more going on, you know. So I thought maybe something similar here, but I guess not. So I'm still looking forward to it. Yeah, obviously. they almost so. kind of hurt themselves here because unless this is one of the most polished, crazy, oh, yeah. dense, like, okay, it's eight or nine hours, but once you play it, you'll understand that it took so long <laughs> to create because it's right. that incredibly high and polished and that dense and, every, and the flow sure. is perfect and all that. That could happen, sure. Yeah, oh, but it sure could. It sure could. That's, again, best case scenario. What I'm expecting is to be like, oh, that was cool, but it was a little right. short and whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I'm not, like, super high on it, but, I mean, I think, it, I mean, it looks great. I mean, I think this is, like, super high-end tech of like some of the best yeah. like visuals we've seen and all that but again i still don't know what the hell we're really doing uh I, I, the combat i'm still confused is there even gonna be much combat here now, is see, it that's, more that's of just like but again what what if there's not combat at all but ends up being so great on like it's walking simulator aspects i mean sure. the, I don't, <laughs> but joking aside but i mean like Death Stranding. It's not like the combat's great, but I love that game. So I, I'm that I'm open minded. So you know, it's like so, that game. There's no other game like that. Like only Kojima <laughs> could pull that off. You know, I don't know. The it's thing, hard the thing for me I, to believe this team could pull off such an incredible feat with such right. a yeah yeah yeah. But, and and hey, some knows? people are some people are like conflating what people are complaining about, right? At least for, I can only speak for myself. For me personally, I love eight hour games. That's great, especially in my life today. Right? I don't have a problem with that. I guess the only issue I have is the expectation we had after all these years, right? I expected this to to not be a bigger, grander adventure from the first game because they spent so much time on it. Now they have so much more money. They had so much more time. Yep. Um, Now we can really get a gigantic game. Yeah. Yeah. Look at Alan Wake too, right? Like when I got that game, I had expectation that, okay, this is going to be a bigger, longer game. Which it was. It, was. it went it from was. like nine hours to what? Like 30? It was like dub- double. Yeah. yeah, probably more than double. Um, so yeah, so. All right, anyway, that being said, let me read Let me read yeah. this little blurb here. So Ninja Theory took us behind the scenes at their studio in Cambridge to take a look at Sanua Saga Hellblade 2. Meet some of the team and learn more about the craft behind their new title, which is now in the final months of development. In the video, we learned more about Sanua's new journey, which leads her to Iceland, a harsh and brutal land ravaged by myth and tyranny. We were given a new look at Sanua's experiences of the world, seen through her eyes as someone who experiences psychosis, and saw some of Sanua's visceral and violent battles with the Draugr. We uh, also let heard me more pause you. Let me pause you here. The audio, um, in the first game, the audio was just the vocals. They specified in this one, it's 3D audio as a whole. So, like, even when it comes to, like, trees moving in the bottom right, you know what I mean? You'll be able to tell. Mm-hmm. So, like, all aspects <laughs> of this game... Or not just the fact that it's 3D audio, but highly emphasized on messing with your head more than just her voices. So right, right, right. Uh, I wanted to mention that. No, no, that's cool. Um, yeah. We also heard more detail on what players can expect from the game's story and how binaural and spatial audio will take players deep into the world of Hellblade, kind of what you're talking about. With the studio mission of crafting life-changing art with game-changing tech, Ninja Theory are pushing the boundaries of fidelity, riches, and immersion. You can join Sanua on her new quest, May 21st. Sanua Saga Hellblade 2 is available to wishlist on Steam and pre-install on Xbox Game Pass now. So it, it it's, sounds it's like $50, it sounds by like, the way. Did you yep, see that? Yep, I did see that. Yep. Okay. And it sounds like what they are saying 
is sort of in line with what we're saying that they have to pull off to make this go yeah, well, right? Yeah, like, yeah. okay, you guys are really going to push the limit. This is really going to be this crazy experience. Okay, great. I'm all in, you know? Um, I think, honestly, even though I didn't love the first one, I'm going to I'm gonna replay it because it's so short. Replay it before, uh, before this drops, you know? So... I tried twice and I never finished it either time. And um, I I liked it, but again, like it's just there's so much good stuff. And unless it's like cream of the crop, it's hard for me to keep going forward. And I hate that that's the case, but it really is because there really is that much of choice right now. Um, but yeah, what were you? Uh, May twenty first. That's very close. Actually, May twenty first. Um, yeah, I yep, was thinking. Well. I don't know. It's kind of in line with what I've been thinking, though, because I was like, I remember in previous episodes being like, dude, I think this game's a lot further along than what people think. They've been working on a long time. I think it's going to come out soon. And that looks to be the case. Um, but I still had my doubts only because of it's it's just weird. What they've shown still has to this point, even with this direct here, I still don't. They still haven't really shown just like you sitting down and watching it just go for like five minutes. I still want that because I still try right. to understand um, the flow of the game. I still don't quite understand that. I agree. Yeah, we don't we don't know enough. Um, I I don't know, man. I I hope this is not a game where it's like it comes out. And again, not that it's a bad game, but that we're disappointed because I feel like this game does have a lot of um, sort of hype behind it, you know. And I'm also curious. This is this is not important, but I'm curious why they flipped the title. Before it was Hellblade: Senua's Sacrifice. Now it's Senua's Saga: Hellblade Two. I just I'm just curious why know. companies make little decisions <laughs> like that. You know? I have weird. no idea. <laughs> yeah, that is but um, if I remember correctly, the first one. Oh, let's see. How long to be Hellblade? No, it's it's I the same say... time. It's like seven, eight, nine hours. So, yeah, main main story seven and a half hours. Okay, I might I might at some point give it another shot. We'll see. Um, but yeah, May twenty first. There it is. I mean, I still have my save, and I made it at least halfway. So maybe I can mm -hmm. finish it up. All right. Um, next here. In premise, I think this is a little... Well, not in premise. Let's say the premise is actually great. I guess what I mean when I was watching it, I was like, why is this being shown? This isn't an exclusive. Everything else is very like first party, deep dive into developer directs or something like that. And here's like a third party game that's not even coming to Game Pass. And they've been pushing that so much. And, but Square Enix. But I think I get it because... It was a few months ago where they kept pressing, hey, we're in good communication with Square Enix. We want everyone to understand that. We want everyone to be convinced, hey, we're going to start getting Square Enix stuff again. Um, we're now being a lot more buddy-buddy than what we have been for a long time. Believe that kind of thing. They literally made talks on that. And then when they were um, saying they were bringing over Final Fantasy fourteen online and all that. So... I think that's why they chose to throw this in here because this is a Square Enix single player JRPG, right? Visions of Mana. Right. And an important one of that, at least for me, um, right. I'm greatly looking forward to this. 
And so I think they were more just trying to convince more and more people that Xbox is serious about trying to get more Japanese audience, which they've been on this train for a while now. The same with Persona 3 Reload. That's coming out next month as well. Here's the problem. <laughs> it's like Persona 3 Re Reload and Fantasy 7 Rebirth, I think it's either same day or like a few days apart. And I'm definitely playing Rebirth because I've already played Persona 3. But man, I was greatly looking forward to like playing that. But I'm definitely going to have to go through 7 first. But um, and technically, knowing me, I'll probably try to juggle both. But um, <laughs> regardless here, um, yeah, they're, they're just trying to really convince people. And hey, you know, like if it's true and all, and we just keep getting more and more great. But, you know, I'll believe it when I see it. But I guess this is part of that. You know, hey, here you go. Here's some here's some JRPG goodness. So, um. In a surprised appearance, Square Enix joined the show to present Visions of Mana, the first new mainline entry in the series in over 15 years, and its debut on Xbox platforms. Series producer Masuri, I'm not going to try that last name there, presented <laughs> a sneak peek at the gorgeous new RPG, sharing gameplay and behind-the-scenes footage before its launch in summer of 2024. Father of the Mana series and creator of many of its iconic monsters discussed the implementation and design of the enemies in Vision of Mana, introduced the adorable new anime companions, Pickles, and explained the design process behind them. Uh, he shared some details regarding the game's score and revealed that the track list for Visions of Mana contains 100 songs in total, includes works from musical talents who worked on previous Mana games. He also shared details of the adaptive music system that allows a seamless transition from map, map exploration to battles, demonstrating a snippet of the background music changing as you enter or leave combat. Also revealed that Visions of Mana, the elements will assist the player in battle in the form of specialized items, which will each have a different effect in combat. Combined with aerial combat that allows for weapons and magic to be used in midair, the combat is fast-paced and flexible. Vision Man is released summer 2024 on Xbox Series X and S, Windows PC, and is also coming to PlayStation. The only thing that's not hidden is Switch, only because these graphics, I think, are really pretty and quite impressive. So, Oh, yeah. Okay. There's that. Um, this next game here, I am not into this genre at all, and I'm not going to play it. But when I actually sat down and watched this, and I watched it in full, I watched the whole direct in full, but okay. it did impress me. I mean, the thing is, is Civilization, I've tried a few times, and there's a lot of mm -hmm. games that try to do a Civilization do, but if I'm going to play a game, I might as well play the real deal of Civilization. But I think this right. game actually showed how it's different enough from Civilization to actually entice people to... You know, why would you play a Civ like if you can just play the real deal and it'd be better? It's kind of the same with <laughs> like point. Souls like games. It's like, okay, well, um, unless you're like offering something very unique here, why am I going to play um, what was that? Uh, Mortar Shell, for example, right? It's like, okay, right. it's cool. Oh, yeah, all, yeah. Mortal Shell. But yeah. it's like, I'd rather just play a From Software game. I think. Sure. It's now starting to turn the tide with Souls-like games because, like, let's say Liza P ended up. Liza P, so well. I keep hearing such yeah, great things about yeah. that game, man. So, like, um, anyway, I'm thinking this is a Liza P moment here. I think they're doing just enough different things, but still sticking to the Civ-like. 
And when I was watching this, I was really blown away. This looks incredible. And this looks okay. like a really, um, they have such a grand scope scope here and everything looks so incredibly polished and the systems go so deep. I don't know. I was, I was, I was blown away on, uh, just how great this looked even though this is not my genre at all and i, I don't think i'm gonna play this but i i can tell a good game when i see it though and i was i was still really impressed by this i had i've never heard of this till till now um i'm curious what all platforms is this even coming to is it coming to everything or Oh wow! It's first party Xbox Game Studios, um, oh, so it's okay. only coming to Xbox and Windows. Um, I'm sure Steam, and Steam, you know, but it's it's only PC and uh, an Xbox here. But I'm telling, I I don't know. I was really impressed by like the draw distance and just how great everything looked with how huge of a scale it had. Um, uh. I think this is going to be a gigantic hit for for people that are into these types of games. Um, yeah, no, yeah. I mean that. It's always good to to even if some uh, you know game or developer has a certain genre locked down, I still think it's important for people to be trying. You know. Yeah, yeah. Try to get it in there. So, all right. Um, let's see. Next up, we have Indiana Jones and the Great Circle, which I might say I should say I was really really happy with what i saw um coming to xbox series x and s and pc joining gate pass on day one the official reveal of indiana jones and the great circle was debuted during developer direct with over 13 minutes of gameplay footage and developer insights this new journey starring the legendary archaeologist came from the award-winning team at machine games the minds behind, behind wolfenstein the new order and wolfenstein the new colossus in collaboration with lucasfilm games and executive produced by bethesda game studios todd howard uh those look great man and i love machine games and i've loved most of their games so yeah, I'm way into this, you know. Very, very excited. That Todd Howard bit, I found out after the fact. Apparently, he was the original idea and the <clears throat> presser of even them doing this. Um, he, it, it was something he's always wanted to do, and he's really into Indiana Jones and always wanted to do Indiana Jones game. So he's what got all this started. I didn't realize that until a few days ago. Um which I think is pretty neat. So like in terms of just, if you were to think of like um, a high executive director in terms of ideas and all that, um, mm -hmm. he could probably be credited <clears throat> though. It's not like he's actually like even going along with development. They may ask random questions to him or something like that, but you know, I don't want to give the man too much credit. I just wanted to say like, he's who pressed for this and he's who had the original idea for this to even happen. And I think he like got a good team behind it because um, the only bad game I think they've ever done was something they didn't really like work with in entirety was that Youngblood game, right? But it was more on Arcane than it was even them. They just sort of helped Arcane um, develop it. And we know with, I don't know what the hell's going on with Arcane because it started yeah. with this Youngblood and then like, I guessed, um, what was it? Um, I didn't like it. What uh, were the repeat cycles? Deathloop. Oh, um, Deathloop. I was kind of whatever on it. And then Redfall's like super bad. And it's like Arcane's just kind of like, eh, to me. But um, 
when it comes to machine games, like, I mean, I don't know. I think they're one of the best developers around. So Yeah, they're great. They're so good at what they do, man. Yeah. I think I see some people being upset that it's first person, but I don't know. Machine games is way too good. And um, of course, they're going to want to do first person because they're just so much better at it. Yeah, they could do third. I'm sure they could. But would it be as good? You know, you might as well have them do what they're great at. Yeah, that's that's their specialty, man. That I don't know. I just feel like um, Indiana Jones being first person makes perfect sense. I don't know. I feel like that will work great, man. So and I think people will be happy once it comes out and they see, you know, how they pull it off. So. Yeah, I, I'm I'm fine with it. I don't. Um, I I I see a lot of people be like, yes, but I really want the whole point of Indiana Jones is just the whole character ecstatic, and I want to be able to see him and all that. And yes, they made it to where like if you're climbing something, you'll see him. But I don't know. Maybe I'm just because I'm not a big Indiana Jones dude. I don't care sure. about seeing the character. Uh, I'm the same. <laughs> yeah. I just think this yeah. game looks awesome, and I want to play it. That's all. Yep, so. agreed. Can't but wait. yeah, that's that's all of the developer direct there. So, you know, a good like, here's what's happening this part of the year, this part of the year, this part of the year. And then they sort of like hit um, and Indiana Jones is coming end of this year. So they sort of showcased, you know, uh, when is that four? Right. And then Divisions of Man is five. But that's not first party. But in terms of like. Mm-hmm. You know, four games, first party, I think that's enough. Um, PlayStation usually sits at about three, which is good too, so it's no better or worse there. Um, The problem is just the fact of we've waited so long for Xbox to finally be delivering. This is the year, and then, you know, I'm assuming Fable's probably not coming this year, and it's probably coming next year, but... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's uh, what's going on with that did one. Did they but... say I, I, the last thing they've done? Did they ever actually say Fable release? Dang, let me see. Did they say twenty twenty four or anything? I mean, they did say it was coming in twenty twenty four. Maybe it's the very end of the year, and so they were trying to showcase things earlier than that. But hmm. I have a feeling they're gonna push it. <laughs> yeah yeah and i don't i don't think they need to rush it like it's just make sure it's good anyway um yeah. and then this next story it wasn't part of developer direct but stalker 2 heart of chernobyl is also xbox exclusive here and is finally actually launching in september they I'm released a new man. like video of like the final release trailer and um yeah we're finally be able to to play that but before we um go on i just wanted to mention i think like you know this ain't like a 10 out of 10 presentation i've definitely seen some like e3 shows that are like super blown away by and had a lot more and all that but this is a more like focused on just showing a few titles and really like going into more nitty-gritty than just like a trailer and maybe someone talking for 30 seconds, you know? So I get sure, you don't sure. want to... I mean, it was an hour long already, so... Right, right. You don't want to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was, the, you know, a decent showing. Uh, I'm yeah. happy that they did it more so than not doing it, you know? Put it that way. Yeah. And, but I am very um, excited this is finally has a date. I mean, that's awesome. Good news. I'm assuming 
I I don't. I wonder if we'll. I mean, we're at some point this year. We have to get a PlayStation showcase, but um, I know for sure. You know, we're also getting Nintendo here, but mm-hmm. um, PlayStation has been incredibly quiet, and I'm super curious. Oh, yeah. of, like, because they got a lot of studios, and we have no idea what they're doing. And so mm-hmm. it's really weird. Um, maybe they're just all doing live service stuff because they keep talking about that, but I don't know. There's got to be something more there. Yeah. And then again, Nintendo, we don't know anything because I'm sure they're saving all of their stuff for whenever they reveal the console. So that makes a lot of sense on why we don't know much there. But anyway, um, Stalker 2 release date. It is coming September 5th. Um, go watch the trailer. Uh, we've talked about it uh, enough. I think it does look incredibly good. And this is going to be another like huge get for the platform so again i i feel this may be like the start of people being like man maybe i really should buy an xbox um i think it's finally starting here um it's a little late and you know it's almost like mid console uh before they got people thinking this but at the same time there's got to be a lot of people being like well it'll eventually come to playstation because Apparently, Hi-Fi Rush, Sea of Thieves. Um, <laughs> what was the other game? I forget. Apparently, they're all coming to PlayStation and Switch as well. And um, I don't know. I have no idea. I mean, look, it's Microsoft. I'm sure they're just all about the money, and I'm sure they're just making money moves. Like, it's probably not more complicated than that. They probably released a game. It's probably not selling anymore. And they're like, hey, if we release on another platform, we'll just make some more money. Let's go ahead and do it. And I think it's just that simple. I don't think yeah. they really have a strategy on like, we'll make sure these games stay here and these games leave or whatever. I don't I don't think they're really thinking that through much. I just think they're noticing it's not selling anymore, so they're just throwing it somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, I agree. I think uh, I think they got a good strategy going on, man. I'm not too worried about it. So, um, by the way, game of the year, Foam Stars next. <laughs> uh, Foam Stars launches in February. Do you do you have PlayStation Plus, Plus still? Because I don't. I I don't anymore. No, I just don't feel like it's worth. It's almost like well, I'm not uh, using it. I I only play I my PlayStation anymore, for yeah. like single player exclusives. Well, same there's here, no reason for me to 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 have it. But mm-hmm. yep, I agree. Anyway, I was only asking because uh, like I I want to try this game out, but I don't want to sub to try this game out. I know. And same. um, in no way am I like hyped for this. I mean, yeah. I have Splatoon. Uh, like we <laughs> like there's Splatoon no reason the, for uh, me to jump over version. to. Uh, a really, I don't know, this just looks dumb and cheap in my opinion, but yep, I don't, I I'm not expecting much and I don't think they are either because they're actually announcing it as it being a PlayStation Plus game now instead of just like you know, trying to sell it out of the gate it's either the game may happen to be really, really good but they just realize the conversation's not good so they have to find a way to get people to try it so they will like it, or they actually think that it's not that great and they, they got to just get players somehow. <laughs> anyway, uh, keep going on with this. I just had, I just had to see if you were able to try this game when it launches. Cause I won't be able to. Yeah. Nope. Um, anyway, Square Enix's foam drenched online shooter is going to be live next month. Be a PlayStation plus monthly game. Those subscribers looking to add it to their library or for non-subscribers looking to purchase the game, 
It launches exclusively on PlayStation 4 and 5 on February 6. Excuse me. As for the game itself, Foam Stars is a 4v4 online multiplayer game. Play, players take on the role of the titular Foam Stars of varying classes and abilities to participate in the game called Foam Smash. Rather than simply shooting your opponent, the goal is to coat them with enough foams that you can slide kick them to knock them out of the match. The foam also so changes dumb. the layout. <laughs> the foam also Sorry. changes the layout of the arena by creating traversable hills and defensive walls, and you can move through your own foam faster than your opponents were. Hmm, that sounds familiar. The game has drawn positive comparisons to Splatoon since it's real. But you know, just to be clear, Splatoon, lame, kitty, not original. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This wow, they're cool about to, they're about to learn real fast how good Splatoon is when this I know, trash I know, comes see. out. Uh, also, foam. The one cool thing I could see that I, I when I when I was watching this trailer, being like, that is pretty neat. Anyway, you can build up foam, so technically you could sort of like climb parts in the map without actually having to like sort of climb a wall. You can sort of that's make cool. your own walls to get up on, which I think is pretty neat. But like, that's about where I think, I think is neat or not sort of starts and ends there. But I think the game will probably have some parts that are fun, right? Obviously, they, but like, I think it's going to be a repeat of that of that. What not demolition? What was uh oh demolition? All-Stars? I know exactly what you're talking about. Is that what it was called? I don't know. I think so. They were gonna sell it at first, and then they made it yeah. a PS Plus game. I think yeah, which is what's happening here. And um, I think it's gonna have a very similar effect to where like, hey, we'll try it out. You know, might as well. And then <laughs> what? In a few weeks, no one cares anymore. <laughs> anyway, uh, publisher Square Enix has plans to support the game with seasonal updates for a year, including new characters, maps, and modes. Season pass for each for each season will cost five ninety nine. At launch, there will be three PvP modes. There's the standard Happy Bath Survival mode. Smash the Star encourages players to go after the opposing team's most successful player. If you're the player, you have the advantage of a few bonuses like more health and the ability to do more damage. And at Rubber Duck Party, your team must climb aboard a giant rubber duck to advance your team's goal. You can check screenshots of the various maps for these modes below. Alongside the competitive multiplayer modes, there's also single player and co-op experiences. There's a mission mode to protect Bath Vegas, the fictional city where they where it takes place, from waves of bubble beasties. The Foam Star athletes will also chat and have conversations during these modes to highlight their personalities. Anytime weekly and season limited challenges will also permeate all the modes. We had a chance to speak with the development team briefly about the game and asked if we could expect any Square Enix collaborations, to which producer Suki Okatani, seen on the left in the avatar form, said nothing is confirmed yet. We are considering such things, but we would definitely like to have such collaborations. Square Enix has a cast of iconic characters, so it's pretty exciting what could possibly be in the future. They shared a similar answer about potential K-pop collaborations, as the game's art style and direction are heavily inspired by the fashion and music movement. Foam Stars will be available for PlayStation Plus monthly subscribers to add to the library between February 6th and March 4th, or the game will be $29.99. All right. I'd be curious to try it out, but I'm not paying 30 bucks for it, so. Yeah, yeah. Well, we shall see. All right. Um, Elder Scrolls Castles is a new mobile game from the team behind Fallout Shelter, which I thought Fallout Shelter was pretty cool. I played around a little bit, but again, I yep. don't really play on mobile, but right. I, I I could tell it was like well made. Um, mm-hmm. sure. Bethesda has announced Elder Scrolls Castle, a new mobile experience from the team behind Fallout Shelter. Like Fallout Shelter, Castles is a management sim with Bethesda stating in an ex-post that you'll build your own dynasty where every day in our world is a year in the game's world. 
That's kind of cool. Citizens are born, they die, rulers change, and can be betrayed. Players control their own castle over multiple generations of rulers, families, and subjects. Decision-making dictates how well your kingdom operates and how content your subjects are. Unhappy citizens may plot to overthrow you. Your castle can be expanded with new rooms and items, plus workstations for underlings. It appears to feature a turn-based combat system with players equipping heroes with gear to battle enemies and gather resources to grow their kingdom. Though the game's App Store page states that it includes in-game purchases, it is unclear if Castles is free to play or not. I'm sure it is. The Elder Scrolls Castle has soft launch in the Philippines will become available in other regions over the next few months. It is the third mobile game in the series following the Elder Scrolls Blades, a traditional RPG in 2019, and the Elder Scrolls Legend, a collectible card game in 2017. Mm. Well, there's that. There's that. Gonna go download that right now. <laughs> uh, all right. Oh, you playing Prince of Persia? Very cool. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I haven't changed up the games I'm playing, so I guess I'll knock mine out. I'm uh, I've been playing more Spider Man Two. <clears throat> I'm really starting to enjoy it. It's actually really, really fun. I've seen a couple of new things that kind of elevate it a little more, but again, I still very much think this is. Spider-Man 1.5, you know, like, and and it's not necessarily a bad thing that I've gotten more of what I got in the first one, but the part where they're really pushing it further is with the story and the characters and the way you kind of split up between the two. I really like what they're doing with that. So yeah, very good game, but um, you know, it is what it is. You know, you know what to yeah, expect. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> now Final Fantasy 16. I think I'm gonna go on record and officially say that I think Final Fantasy 16 is a good game. Okay, before. I thought it was a mediocre game. I think it's a good game now. The more I play it, the more I'm, I'm starting to come around on it. And it's weird because if I if you ask me, hey, do you like the exploration more? I'll say no. Hey, do you like the um, RPG mechanics more? No. But for some reason, I am the music, the story, the characters, even some of the abilities I'm getting are really starting to kind of bring me around more. I, I think I have... I think the second time around, I kind of have a new appreciation for the things that were good in it. And I kind of like them even more now, you know, like the boss battles that I've gotten to now are actually really cool. Like I'm, I'm really liking them more and I'm not feeling as bored anymore with the combat. I think also one reason for that is that I picked up these two items that give you, uh, I think it's like plus 10% experience for each encounter, you know, each battle with leveling up. And then I have another one that's plus 15. So I put them together. I stacked it. Like I checked, can you stack them? It says yes. So I put them together. So now I'm leveling up way faster, but I'm avoiding random encounters entirely. Like I'm just running hmm. past them. And I'm okay. only doing the battles that are in, in the story and boss battles. And I find that that's made my enjoyment of the game go way up. I don't know if before, because I was fighting every single one, it was starting to feel repetitive. Um, but now that I've unlocked like some more um, abilities and you know customized, like I like how you can do. Um, so there's one ability, for example, it's called Flames of Rebirth. I don't know if you ever used it, but basically what it does is it takes a while to charge up, and you press like R2 and whatever button you map it to, triangle. And Clive does this sort of thing where he like stands and he has like these wings behind him. It's like flame wings, 
and it like bursts all around you, right? For oh, a good like that's three that's or four the seconds, one right? that I that's the one I selected because you you have like yeah. options of like yeah. choosing which one you want for that. Right, yeah, right, know. right. So you I know you have these points the coolest, too. So. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. You have to use points to unlock these yeah. things, right? So this one was the most expensive one. I was like, okay, and the damage is up there. This must be a good one. So I did it, and it's very useful, right? It hits all the enemies around you. But I like that, and I guess I didn't even realize this at first. Is you can learn it and then master it, which I do, but you can even go further than that. Like you can upgrade it multiple times. Um, so now I upgraded it twice, I think. And now he like hits them. Then they start falling to the ground. And he does like a bigger blast. Um, so, now, you know, I've started messing with that a little more too. And that's kind of made me enjoy it more. Uh, I know some people play this game and the way you're expected to play the game is probably hit them with your fire attacks, then switch over to electricity, then switch over to this. Yeah. But I really haven't been doing that. I just love the fire moves. I put all my points into fire and <laughs> I just use fire the whole time. Um, and I don't know, man, I, I, this has really kind of, I'm like very happy to say that I'm liking the game a lot more than I did before. I'm pretty far into it. I'm probably about 20, maybe like 26 hours or so into the game. Um, and I think this game is going to end up going down as similar to how I felt about Final Fantasy 15, where I was like, I liked it, but I didn't love it. I think I feel better that I'm heading towards that. If that makes sense, it's definitely been a weird journey because just like you, me and you talked in the beginning, I was like, "Wow, I'm not even gonna keep playing this," and I put it down. I mean, I I just think that it's um, we were expecting one thing and got something right. very different, but even right. the different things we were getting still doesn't quite match right. up to right. other games in that same bid. But then you gotta yeah. like, it almost. You, you almost have to like figure out what pocket it fits in. It's not quite an right. action game. It's not it's not an RPG. It's more on you know the pocket that it fits. That's what we were just talking about, Hellblade. Like it's yeah, it's, it's that pocket to where it's more about like the narrative and more about the spectacle. Right? Yes, yes. I, I agree with you, but I do think it is starting to get better at some of doing some of the things that I was complaining about. Like the side quests are getting better, which I'm very happy to say. Like there, I, I just did one recently that was actually a few steps involved and it was something different than just the fetch quest, right? Okay, cool. It was like, go investigate, talk to these people and get this item and then try to, you know, it's like a whole thing, which I thought was really cool. I feel like this game suffers from starting off not the best and getting better as you get farther. Okay. It's not a case of, hey, play 20 hours and it'll get better. It's more like the first two hours in that demo were awesome. We all yeah, agree on that, right? Yeah, we love that. Yeah. That's, why, that's say, why I was so hyped is because I right, was so right. in that demo. Yeah. Then I'd say, you know, the next, I don't know, let's say five, six hours, you kind of maybe start feeling the the negatives really stand out, you know? Um, and then, you know, add on another five hours or so and then that's where me and you kind of were like, eh, I don't know if this is for me, but I did go back. And again, at first, the first like hour or two after I came back, I was like, am I forcing myself to play this? Like, do I really want to play this? Um, but then like some cool story stuff started happening. I started getting more into like the abilities and I don't know, maybe in my perspective change really helped me to enjoy this game more, you know? And uh, I mean, yeah, we knew yeah, really... what it's not. So then we can, try to learn to appreciate what it is you know like the, right yeah. right i i think i can say for sure that i think this is a good final fantasy game do i think it's one of the best probably not but do i think it's better than i initially thought yeah i think so so 
I'm gonna I'm gonna see it there. I'm actually looking forward to playing it right after this. I'm gonna go play some more. So, so yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like I would, but one, I'm happy playing what I'm playing right now, and two, next month we get like. Oh, yeah, we get one of the most the hyped one. <laughs> in Final Fantasy I may ever be. So it's like, man, it's hard for me. Yeah, to... no, that's that's totally fair. I will say, lastly, I guess I do think this game is going to. I mean, how do you think me. this stacks up to, let's say, Final Fantasy VII Remake? I mean, you know, that's um, a good question. Sure, sure, sure. So, Final Fantasy VII Remake, obviously, it's hard to judge fairly because I love Final Fantasy VII so much. Okay. Um, um, that being said, though, like I do think ten or okay. twelve or no, know. no, you know, even even seven. Okay, I do think that some of the boss battles in this game, I like them more. Yeah, I feel yeah, like yeah, they're, yeah. they're. I think all, the boss battles in this game were some of the best boss battles. They're amazing. I've they're ever so had. cool. I, I definitely um, am with you there. Yeah, yeah. I think the music in this game, music's fu- great. It's really, it's yeah, really yeah, up there. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. and I, I think. As much as I love Cloud and Barrett and Tifa and all them, I think Clive and Sid are some of the best Final Fantasy characters I've ever played as. Like, I think they're phenomenal. Like, I think they're um, so good. Like, know? yeah, Cloud, uh, Clive is better than Cloud. But if I start thinking yeah. about the rest of the cast, like, I like sure. Tifa and Aerith and Barrett right, and right, all right. them. I like them more than I think I do Clive. Seven is, seven is um, a good spread, right? Like, yeah. across the board. Clive is, like, phenomenal. Sid is also really but good in my opinion. Sid may be, man, he may be one of the best like he's, supporting oh, he's characters awesome. in any oh, Final so Fantasy good. game. Yeah, I think he is like uh, maybe my oh, he's favorite fantastic. character. I don't know. That's a good thing we should do one time. Is like yeah, rank our like just top ten Final Fantasy characters because yeah, yeah, I yeah. could see Sid being really up there. Oh yeah 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, it's it's so it's such a good sort of revelation that i'm having with this game you know it's like i'm starting to feel so much more positive about it and kind of cool. you know i am i am comparing it to the other games because uh you know i think of Final Fantasy seven or six or nine or ten and i think you know how does this stack up and i think it does some things That's much better than some is, and... i would much rather play nine though than play this and I still never even beat nine. But every time I, I never, I never it, beat nine either. Yeah. Every time I play it, I'm like, God, this is so good. I hate that. I yeah, like, I yeah. just need to stick with it. I, like, I need yeah. to do it. I, I think that 16 <laughs> is in a similar vein to 15, right? Except 15 yeah. does something's better than this one, and this one does something's better than. I was 15, higher right? on 15, and then towards the end started to fall to where like it's like the reverse yeah. was 16 right yeah like, 15 yeah. i the story was all over the place i yeah, really didn't yeah. even enjoy it that much um but yeah man i i i'll see if next time we meet how far i am if i've beaten it or what but i can definitely say i think it's a good game and i think i made the right choice in going back to it so yeah i guess I'll leave okay it there. cool yeah so I want to talk on Power World, not just me playing <laughs> this, but the conversation as a whole. This is insanity. And just last week, <laughs> none of this existed of what the hell is happening right now. There's so many conversations, so many different threads. And it's like, I, I'm curious where to start. First, um, yes, I do think they're actually copying Pokemon creatures. Let's just get that out of the way. They clearly are. Come on, guys. Hey, they, <laughs> 
that uh, <laughs> go look up Electro Buzz, whatever the the buff Electro dude from Pokemon, and tell me that dude in Power World isn't is the same exact character. I mean, yes, obviously <laughs> very slight differences, but they're totally copying. There's so many um, copies of Pokemon designs up in here now. That's honestly where it starts and where it ends on how this is Pokemon-like because it is not at all. It doesn't play like Pokemon. There's no, like... I mean, you capture monsters, but that's about where it starts and ends. Um, it is a it is a crafting survival game. And right. when I didn't even know this until literally <laughs> I, um, I want to say... The release trailer when it released <laughs> and they started showing like building a base and all that i'm like god dang it i thought this game <laughs> actually looked cool um I, I i was like a little hyped i remember like a year or two back us getting that like really pretty trailer and all that and i was like this be yep. cool i understand i'm not gonna it's not gonna be maybe greatly polished or anything right, but right. i think it looks neat and I'm very mm-hmm. curious, but once I saw survival crafting thing, I was like, dude, I'm out. Like, I I don't, there hasn't been a single game in this genre, and I yeah. feel like I've tried enough, and I'm like, dude, I just can't, I, whatever. So, can't get into it. it drops Game Pass, and I'm like, no, my kid brings it up, and, and I was like, should we play? I mean, I guess we can play this together and I'll play it with you just for us to mm-hmm. play something new came out. Okay. Let's check it out. Um, <laughs> fast forward. This is, was a few days ago. I think it came out Friday. We're recording this Tuesday. Um, this is the very first game in this genre where I, I love it and I'm obsessed and I think it's phenomenal and I understand exactly what this is going for. It's, it is very fun. It is very fun. Okay. Yes, it's it's gimmicky, but not like it's not like it's riddled with that many bugs and all that. Yeah, there's some, and it's early access and all that. I actually think it's greatly polished. I think it's pretty, really good. Like game design, really got a lot of great ideas, um, a lot of care put behind it all. I think it's, it's like. Here's the thing. I really hate for an early access game, it's polished because I, I'd rather just play it at release and not even bother. The problem is this game is just so much fun that I, I don't want to wait. So even if I don't get that great of a polished thing, well, I mean, I'm, I'm too deep in now. I'm going to keep playing it. I love it. Um, I don't think it's copying Pokemon outside of the designs because it has Mm -hmm. nothing to do with Pokemon gameplay. This is about exploring. This is like, I don't know, uh, very Breath of the Wild like, but with Pokemon, uh, but with a lot of like crafting and survival mechanics. Um, But in really cool ways. Like, so, okay, you're building your, I, I think it's. I do not, I don't want to build a base, never care to build a base, but when I'm doing it in this game, one, it's mission structure. Did you <clears throat> ever play Animal Crossing New Horizons when that came out? I didn't. Okay. Well, I really enjoyed the one thing, I mean, I eventually fell off. It's just like, I don't want to play a chore game, right? But sure. I think the way it handled of like the missions of like, hey, do this objective, get a reward, do this objective, get a reward. And the way it's, it starts off easy and it's really just meant to like teach you the mechanics and just give you missions to teach the mechanic and give you good rewards for doing so. And because that flow was so good, 
Um, now I understand, like, I've never crafted this much in a game prior because I've always thought it wasn't interesting and wasn't fun. They've made it fun and interesting, and now I'm all about it to where, okay, I build this workbench um, sort of thing. I don't even know what to call it, but you need fire to start it. So you actually have to have a fire creature blown fire into, into it to keep it going to get you crafting an item. Um, and so, okay, you got a hot spring. You need like water Pokemon to be like filling up the spring with water to actually craft the thing. So as you're making these items or you have certain Pokemon that can like till the field, you have certain Pokemon that you can ride on and mount. You have certain Pokemon that <laughs> you can literally throw on your shoulders and pull out a machine gun and start blasting away. It's so ridiculous, but it's really funny. It's really just like, it almost feels like I'm playing a game with 20 mods turned on, but it's just so fun. I just like, I don't care. And I'm just having a great time. And I think it's actually pretty well made. And I think the ideas are super good. And um, I'm super positive on it. And it's really weird because I can tell, like, I'm, I will agree with anyone on saying this is gimmicky bullshit, you know, sure. but it doesn't matter because it's done so well and is so fun to do. Okay. That I urge anybody to play this. And uh, just because I can tell you right now, like Baldur's Gate 3, I've played classic RPGs in the past. I'm not like big into them, but you know, I, I, I played Baldur's Gate even one and two uh, just for a little bit, never finished them, but like I will play that genre. I actively hate survival crafting games yeah, i can't think of a worse genre in my life <laughs> this is like me being like uh country music i just can't do it if i'm thinking, like I, I can't i can do anything else but that this this, this is <laughs> the country music of gaming to me i'm just i don't care not interested i'm not gonna like super hate on it okay you know you may like these types of games minecraft the forest whatever but you'll never see me playing them and I but here I am that. playing Power World, and I'm telling you, it's it is so different than we'll, right. like I I went from oh this looks neat to actually realizing it's a crafting game, being like damn. But thankfully, my kid just happened to like well I really want to play it or whatever. Now here's the thing, so there's that aspect. I really love the game. It's awesome, all that. Okay, now. There is this whole millions of conversations around one. Are they still in art? Um, I, I think they, it is not inspired. I think it's a little leaning on, and eh, they're kind of still in a little here, but I don't know if they would lose in a court case, but it's close, gotcha. you know, thankfully oh. the game doesn't play like Pokemon. So it's not outside of just the artwork of the creatures. That's the only thing you can ding them for. Right. Of it being like Pokemon. Right. So um, anyway, that part aside, okay, the the bigger conversation over anything is how popular this is. I don't know if you saw this. So It's crazy. I saw. I couldn't it believe it. It is in the top six of most congruent players on Steam to ever release. It is up there with – this is like – Grand Theft Auto stuff. This is like this is surpassing Elden Ring. This is like this is 
over a million concurrent players in its first day. A few days in, it's like a few million at this point. It's only skyrocketing. It's not like it went up a little and went down. Um, this is still rising and rising fast and greatly. If you look on Twitch, it's easily the most played right now. Um, this is, I mean, this is, here's the thing. This is basically what happened to like PUBG or Fortnite or all this stuff, right? Just took off. This is the next big thing. It's to that level of conversation, but we're so early in is the thing. So Maybe in two or three weeks, people like kind of get over like, okay, and maybe move on. And maybe the ugly side starts to show a little too much. And maybe there's not too much here, right? And maybe it's only the very beginnings. But the only the downside that makes me think that's not going to be the case is one, you know how hardcore some people can be to where they oh, there's yeah. already people out there 100 hours deep into this in just <laughs> a few so days. Crazy. It's ridiculous. So we already know from that aspect that it at least can stays of what you wanting whether you want to call that good or not i guess that's up to you um, but i think the sustainability is going to be there it's more of like yes um i'm sure a bunch of like any game ever online people being like oh i wish they would update this and change that and they won't do it and i'm mad even though i have three thousand hours in the game i'm gonna give it a negative review on steam you know like i'm sure that's gonna yeah. happen but uh, I I just think the conversation is too important to skip on of just how gigantic this is, and um, I think this is gonna be like here's the next phenomenon piece, you know, um, right, right, of just overtaking the internet and people really <laughs> gravitating to it. And to be honest, I it. think it deserves it. I think it's a really cool game, as sure. weird and crappy it is in so many things and how gimmicky and how like early it is and how like it's very much in that vein of just i don't want to put it you know there's just these pc games that are just like let's say like gary's mod or something i don't know things that take off to where people aren't expecting polish they're just having a fun time with it and and love messing around in it and that's kind of how this game's taken off in that in that level. Yeah, yeah, totally unexpected, man. Yeah, so um, very cool. I really well, like it like a lot, play. and I um, urge anyone to give it a shot, regardless of what you may think about it. Um, <clears throat> I think right. it just takes getting your hand on it to understand. And then last year, Prince of Persia: Lost Crown. Yes, I've been playing this. Um, I've been really crapping on Ubisoft lately and uh this game only makes me feel bad or it only proves that ubisoft is only good at making 2d games <laughs> because <laughs> um i want to i mean i'm curious if it's the same team as rayman legends only because of how good this game feels yeah anyway this game is popping off hard. A lot of a lot of praise is coming from it. I get it. I love it. Um this is right up there. I mean I don't know if I want to say maybe it's not as good as Metroid Dread, but is it? It's close, and it's an incredible game. And I was not expecting it to be. I I wasn't even gonna really touch it to be honest. But uh, reviews started coming out, and everyone is like, "No, for real, this is a great game," and I'm in it. I love it. Yeah. Um, I are uh, another huge high recommendation from me. I'm um. 
I don't everything about it. I mean, if you here's the cool thing. It was built for Switch. So when you play on other systems, like you know, it, it looks a little prettier, but not much. If you watch any comparison of like PS5 first switch you can hardly tell the difference and it runs 60 on switch and it somehow still looks really good just because it's shining through in its art style um so yes if you have a switch and you want to play a hand this is the perfect switch game um okay. and runs super well looks great this is one of the best metroidvanias i've played um i've been having a really hard time with this genre not like i don't like metroidvanias i do but again like I love Castlevania. I love Metroid, but like there's so many other games like Dead Cells, like no matter, uh, apparently it's the godsend of greatest games ever. And I'm having, still having a hard time caring about it. And I keep trying to play it and I'm just like, eh, you know, but, um, maybe it's just because I'm just not a big fan of like roguelikes and all that, but I'm really gravitating to this Prince of Persia. I think everything like its story is great. Uh, I think it looks great. The combat feels amazing. Right from the rip, like, you can do this, like, run, slide, jump, dive kick thing that's super fun and it knocks people okay. up in the air. It's really fun uh, juggling people. Um, you got like you get, like, a bow. You get all these different weapons. Uh, combat feels really good. Um, I was questioning because I was going through the difficulties and there's like five levels. It's like easy, medium, hard, extra hard nightmare or something like that. But I picked hard. I usually go with normal, but just because I guess the placement of things, I was like, eh, I'd rather it be a little too hard than a little too easy. So let me go with hard. And I'm glad I did because yeah, I'm dying, but I'm having a lot more fun learning more enemies, fun. like gotcha. tricks and everything, and and anyway, I'm really taking a liking to this, and uh, think it's phenomenal. And so Very right cool. now, I mean, 2024, we're only um, you know first month in. Next month is going to be gigantic with uh, Final Fantasy and Persona Three, and. Um, gray and blue relink that i really took a liking to as well uh that also comes out next month actually i want to say that's before these others i want to say that comes out the first or second um so i'm gonna be in jrpg heaven come february so really really excited yeah there. that's awesome i i have not forgotten by the way even though i didn't list it today um octopath 2 i still have it right there oh, yeah. i'm definitely gonna play the heck out of that i i feel like it's been nice to go back to my PS5 because, again, I only really play it when I have games that I can only play there. Um, so I went through, you know, Alan Wake on my PC. Before that, I played some others. So now I'm, like, all about my PS5. You know, I'm just jumping between Final Fantasy and Spider-Man. So once those two are done, back to uh What are you PC playing, um, uh, Octopath Traveler? What'd you get it on? I got it on Steam. Cool. As so, you, as you so, should. Yeah, it looks yeah, great, because... Steam Deck. It's, it's playing cool. Steam Deck, yeah. and then if I ever, you know, I'm home one day, I want to play on my computer, no problem. So, because I want to yeah. say that not like frame rate's a big deal, but it it's still, I think it even makes games look better. It's not just it all does. a matter of like playing. I think when you're seeing 60 in action, even if it's turn based, it still looks way cooler in 60. I totally agree. Yep. Um, yeah. So, anyway, so yeah, I want to say the Switch version isn't 60, but now I want to look this up. Um, 
Because I'm playing Steam-wise. I'm not playing on Switch. Um... Okay, it's Dynamic 60. Uh, the game... Oh, wait. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. No, okay. It's it's 30 on Switch, and it's 60 on Steam Deck. So, yeah. So, I say definitely just play it there just for that reason alone. And the game's really pretty, and it pops a little more. Yeah. On, on the deck than what you'd get on the Switch. Okay. Uh, let's get New Game Watch and we'll get out of here. Um, like cool. I was saying, this is, uh, here we go, the start of it all. So, Like a Dragon, Infinite Wealth. This is going to be gigantic here. Uh, January 26, all platforms but Switch. Tekken 8. Now, out of all of them, which I have Mortal Kombat 1, but again, it was like Street Fighter this and Tekken. I I was saying I want Tekken, and I played that demo, and I think Tekken's going to be the winner in terms of me actually like really putting my teeth into it and playing it a bunch. Uh, comes out the 26th. Rugby 24, all platforms but Switch. January 30th. Blaze Blue. Interrupted Buffect, PC January 31st, Song of Nunu, A League of Legends Story, all platforms but Switch January 31st, Grand Blue Fantasy Relink, all platforms but Switch and Xbox February 1st, and then One Punch Man World, PC, iOS, Android February 1st. Now, uh, what was I thinking there? Um, oh, all these but not Switch. It made me think, like, <laughs> I'm sure Nintendo at this point is realizing, okay, we definitely are underpowered, and now we're starting to really lack when it comes to third-party support because the other systems are so far ahead at this point, and we're not really getting anything that I don't... there, I don't believe some weird theory on, like, the Switch 2 is going to be, like, same power, but it's going to have some new gimmick or something. Like it's it's yes. got to be more powerful because they got at least get back to where they could at least like play some of this stuff coming on these platforms because they're clearly yeah, lacking really with any new release nowadays. I mean, they're not in trouble by any means. Like, uh, smaller titles are bigger than ever. There's plethora of options. They still have a gigantic first party. It's not like they're struggling. But I could still right. see in their mind being like, man, it'd be nice if we could get a like a dragon yeah, or or a Grand Blue Fantasy or something like that. Every one of those games they get is another bonus for them. People buy them, you know. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. It still would only help them and I'm sure they still think about that. So mm-hmm. Yep. Anyway. Agreed. All right. Well uh if you don't have anything more to add, we'll get out of here. That's all I got, man. I'm gonna go play some Final Fantasy. Uh, I'm excited, so yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm playing Power World, weirdly enough. I, <laughs> I cannot believe this is a reality that I'm playing like that's... I really don't like survival games. I, like I just that's awesome. I like it. It's fun. I get it. The hype is real. I'll see you later.